Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. I'd like to start us off this morning by letting you all in on a little fact you may not know about myself. I am a pretty well-renowned author. And before you ask, no, I have not been publishing under a pseudonym. You just probably haven't been lucky enough to stumble upon one of my books. Recently, however, one of my writings resurfaced, and I would like to read it to you today. And before you sigh, no, it isn't long. Yes, it does have pictures, though you won't be able to see them. And yes, we will be out in time for you to make it to lunch. I, like everyone else at Unionville Elementary School in Monroe, North Carolina, wrote a book when I was seven years old. I do not remember if we were told to write on a specific theme, but I chose that which came most easily to me. My book is titled when I won the math contest. One day, the whole world came to a place called an auditorium to see the best math student in the world. It's important to note above the stick figure of me is the word queen. So I think we all know how this story's gonna end. I won the first round in math. I won the second round in math. I won the third round in math. I won the fourth round in math. Then we were on to the fifth round. Since I won the fifth round in math, I won the ribbon and I got to go home. When I got home, my mom, dad, and brother saw the ribbon. They said, let's have a party. After the party, I read my book, ate my supper, took a bath, and went to bed. That was the best day of my entire life. The end. Now, if you are anything like my fiance Luke or my mother, your first thought after hearing this story read was probably, wow. You are so humble. (laughs) And to that, I would like to say, yes, I really am. Probably the most humble person you've ever met. (laughs) If considering myself a queen and writing about how I absolutely destroyed all the other kids at that math contest that may or may not have actually happened tells you anything about my confidence level You should know, I thought pretty highly of myself when it came to math and competitions. So imagine my surprise when after finding this book a few months ago, I realized what our scripture for this morning was. The little title that is often over passages in the Bible. Well, this morning, the one that's over our scripture says, lessons on humility, and generosity. 
there is nothing. Someone who is feeling pretty good about themselves wants to hear less than a lesson on humility. And if you think that I was in for a surprise, just imagine how all of the dinner guests we will hear about in just a minute felt after they heard what Jesus had to tell them. Now, it's important to note that at this point in our scripture, Jesus has already been saying some pretty radical things. He has begun to challenge the status quo. He has taught about loving all people, about helping those we may would rather ignore, even healing on the Sabbath, which wasn't supposed to happen. Basically, he is challenging a lot of what the Pharisees and the leaders of the time have taught leaving them upset and wondering how it is they are going to be able to get back at him. And our topic for today, humility, was very rarely considered a virtue at the time. So you may be wondering why then they would have invited this man who have upset so much of what they have been teaching over to dinner. Don't we all know this answer? The best way to people watch, the best time to figure out what someone else is up to or to try and get an in on who they are and what they may or may not have to offer is to invite them over for dinner. Even better, if you can make it a group event, that way you can see how he interacts with the other guests, learn a little bit more about who this man Jesus is, and perhaps have a few one-on-one conversations. Even when what he says is going to challenge everything you may have told about yourself to be true. So with all of this in mind, here now is I read our scripture for this morning that comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 1 and 7 through 14. And I am reading from the CEB version of the Bible, so if you're following along in your pew Bible, some of the words may be different, but same gist. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to share a meal in the home of one of the leaders of the Pharisees, They were watching him closely. When Jesus noticed how the guests sought out the best seats at the table, he told them a parable. When someone invites you to a wedding celebration, don't take your seat in the place of honor. Someone more highly regarded than you could have been invited by your host. The host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give your seat to this other person. Embarrassed, you will take your seat in the least important place. Instead, when you receive an invitation, go and sit in the least important place. When your host approaches you, he will say, Friend, move up here to a better seat. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. All who lift themselves up will be brought low, and those who make themselves low will be lifted up. Then Jesus said to the person who had invited him, When you host a lunch or dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers and sisters, your relatives or rich neighbors. If you do, they will invite you in return, and that will be your reward. Instead, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, crippled, lame, and blind, and you will be blessed because they can't repay you. Instead, you will be repaid when the just are resurrected. 
This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Loving God, it can be hard to be humble. It can be hard to remember that we do not know everything, that we are not the best at what we do. But most importantly, sometimes it is hard to remember how much we are loved by you. We get so caught up in comparisons that we forget that you have already called us good. Help us to remember that. Amen. Right off the bat, Jesus talks about how choosing a seat at the table can say a lot about us. Now, if you are anything like me, you may choose your seat based on how close to the bread basket or how far away from the air vent you are going to be for most of the meal. But when going out with a group, we also try and sit with those we know best and get along with the most. Or if it's a working lunch, perhaps you try to sit, someone, sit closer to someone you're trying to get to be on your side for a potential project or idea. But as I read our scripture for this morning, I tried to imagine where I would have sat at this table Jesus talks of. I mean, I don't think I'm the best, but I don't know if I would have sat at the far end. And I don't think I'm the funniest person in the world, but there's a good chance a few people at the top of the table would have wanted me sitting next to them. Thinking through all of this, I kept wondering if I would have been moved up or down the table by the host. Would I have been someone who, when seen by the host, they would have exclaimed, Meg, what are you doing all the way down there? Come on up here and sit next to me. I want to hear more about your math prowess. Or would they have been like, oh, Meg, what are you doing up here? Why don't you head on down the other end? I already saved this seat for someone else. And regardless of where I find myself sitting at the table, does where I would have sat say more about how I see myself or how I see those around me? I mean, we should probably own that awkward moment. We are not only thinking, am I funny enough or cool enough or important enough to sit closer to the top, but we are also thinking, am I funnier than that person? Am I cooler than they are? Surely I am just as, if not more important than them, right? This kind of thinking invites us into a very tricky place as we have to balance having humility, but also believing in ourselves and seeing ourselves as worthy, as someone who should get a decent seat at the table. Most importantly, though, when picking a seat, do I think not only about how God sees me, but how God sees those that I compare myself to? Thinking like that always makes things a bit more difficult if we are able to truly ask ourselves, how have I been viewing these other people in light of the fact that they are made in the image of God just like I am? If you couldn't tell by my book, I was pretty good at math growing up. I walked into most tests knowing I would do well, 
So imagine my shock and slight horror when I realized that geometry, my quickly least favorite of the maths, was a different kind of math to be conquered. Receiving my first not-so-shining grade after a test was like being served a piece of humble pie. Not only because I realized perhaps I didn't know as much as I thought I did, but it also challenged this math whiz persona I had started living into, often to the detriment of others in my class who didn't always grasp math concepts as quickly as I did. How often do we elevate ourselves over other people based on the experiences we have had without thinking about all it is that they are bringing to the table? I am competitive by nature, so often that spirit carried over to most aspects of my life, whether I intended them to or not. It is so easy to let this idea of success as we have chosen to believe it, get in the way of truly loving and accepting others just as they are without comparing ourselves to them. And this is more than just at school or at work, but out in the world. Those we pass on the street or in the grocery store, how do we let our concern for status get in the way of our call to love? One of the hardest things about this passage for me was that verse 7 tells us that Jesus is noticing how the guests sought out the best seats at the table. Hmm. How often does Jesus notice me choosing where I sit or who I interact with based on all that I believe about myself and others? accepting that perhaps I get too concerned with status and comparisons always makes me wonder, where do I go from here? Sometimes the hardest part about thinking about and acting on what we read in Scripture is figuring out how we can implement it in our own lives. Now, I don't know about you, but I rarely find myself invited to a wedding banquet with long tables where I have to choose a seat. But even when I am, the bride and groom have usually already decided where I'm going to sit and who I will sit with, and that is clearly marked. But we can learn more from this story than just where we should be sitting. It also invites us into a new way of thinking about ourselves and others. And since talking about humility was not challenging enough, Jesus continues this conversation by telling the host to stop inviting his friends for dinner. He doesn't say, don't just invite your friends, but he tells them, don't invite your friends, don't invite your relatives, don't invite your neighbors. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Jesus has most likely just listed the last people the host would have ever considered inviting to a banquet. See, during this time, social relationships were all about who you knew and what it was that you could get from them. A good deed was regarded as a loan, so repayment of some kind was expected. I invite you over, in turn you should probably invite me over within a week. 
You only did good to someone whom you could reasonably expect good deeds from in return. However, Jesus was telling them and us that we should be helping those who can give us nothing in return. Jesus, once again, is calling us to a radical inclusion, not only in how we view those who are different than we are, but how we treat them as well. And we are pretty fortunate here at Centenary because we get to see one of the best examples of how we can live this out every month at Love Thy Neighbor, which for those of you who don't know, is an outreach ministry to those who find themselves homeless and marginally housed in downtown Winston-Salem. Through a free clinic, a hot lunch, and a time of fellowship, our youth and adults show us just how easy it can be to welcome those to the table who we never would have put on the invite list. Our guest list, who is on it and who is not, has everything to do with whether or not we are being Christ's church. And lucky for us, Jesus came not only to teach and show us how to live, but also to offer us grace for all the times we may have and will continue to miss the mark. If there's one thing that I have learned about the tables that Jesus invites us to, it is that all of them seem to be round tables. There is no one seat that is better than any of the others. Every person, regardless of who they are or who they love or where they come from, has a seat at the table. Because each and every person we meet has been made in the image of God and God has already called them good. All are welcomed. There is no need to jockey for a better position because you have been invited by the one who loves us most of all. Isn't that good news? That we do not have to worry about our status or how we are viewed by those we deem most important because the creator of the world has already called us beloved. So friends, as we go from this place, may we remember our call to welcome the stranger to practice humility when sharing our achievements may be expected. And most of all, that everyone we meet along the way is a child of God, just as we are. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings.